Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, what a night last night was, huh? Drop the subject. Allie and Jarrett, a very eventful evening. And uh, revealing things like the identity of the Fox and whether or not our president has been impeached. Both mysteries were Very solved last night. Yeah, there was a lot of big reveals. And uh, I was not watching the live coverage of the voting or anything like that. Were you? I was busy watching the finale of The Masked Singer, embarrassing as it is to say. I I was watching the voting. I didn't realize that The Masked Singer was on. <laughs> um, I... I mean, not that I'm not into the show, but like I, I haven't watched it live this season. I'll put it that way. Well, I, uh, it is something that I never expected to get into. No one did. No one planned this. I don't think that even the people who created the show wanted this or I think, planned for this. I think the people. I, I. This is one of those moments where I just say, like, I really wish I could be there for the pitch. Yeah. To see how they like pitched the show, because like, there's no way that you told me like, okay. We're going to bring people and put them in crazy costumes, and you have to guess who's singing. Animal Brilliant. costumes. Like, there's just no way that happened. All right. We're going to basically create, put, turn every D-list celebrity into a mascot, put them on a stage, okay. make them sing, Oh. and then you uh, and Nicole Scherzinger need to guess who it is. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. I don't see a problem here. Yeah. And what made me so the fact that I even started watching it was baffling to me. And it it happened because I got home one day and Katie was in bed watching it. And I was like, what? What are you doing? Why did you like what? And like you say, you want to be there for the pitch meeting. I also want to be inside the person's head who's like, you know what? I'm going to give this show a shot. I'm going to see. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to spend an hour. Yeah. In really investing in this show. I think we've got fifty million to make that happen. Right. Or whatever it costs to produce a show like this. Like, I just don't understand how this came together. But I will say I started binging the first season earlier this year, I guess, and very quickly was like, Oh my god, I think that's well, right. I'm pretty sure. And then I, I started like writing down my thoughts and I was like, Do I have a whole document started toward who I think is on here? Oh. And then I was invested by that. There, by yes. That. So there is now, a, there is a chat thread in our home. There is a, a notebook. Yeah. There is all of that stuff. And they have successfully made a show based on one feeling the feeling of wanting to know something that you don't know. Yes. And so my a friend of mine posted on Facebook and I thought I, I commented on it. And I was like, I could not have said this better myself. This perfectly sums up how I feel about the masked singer. I'm embarrassed I'm watching this because it's an awful show and I love it. Right. And I think it's horrible and have watched every episode <laughs> and I'm even watching the finale live of yes. this terrible show because I can't get enough at how bad this show is. <laughs> And how amazing it is. Yes. It's I feel the same. Perfect. We watched Bradford. a two-hour finale, which I and what pisses me off about all of those shows is that they drag it out oh my God. to the point where the really the only thing that you want to know is in the final 20 minutes of the actual show. Right. But the first hour is, here's everybody that has been unmasked thus far. Here are all the clues that you missed. Uh, now here are the backgrounds of the three final people. Okay, now finally here are their songs. Okay, finally here's the voting. Yeah, and then exhausting. in the end, two out of the three finalists, I believe it was Fox and Flamingo, broke down into tears. 
Jesus Christ. Uh, in speeches about what this show has meant to them, how it's changed their lives, how it's the best thing that they've ever done, how amazing it feels to be behind a mask and be able to be anonymous again. Like, there are all these weird layers so, to it. The thing with the thing with the flamingo was, I felt like it was so obvious who the flamingo was. I, I've only watched one episode of this season, and it was like the episode a week or two ago. And like, I knew who that person was just in the package before the performance. Well, I'm like, they're voices disguised, and they're talking like this. And I was yeah. like, your voice is disguised, and I know who you are. Well, then you're probably really good at the mass Singer. You just have a knack for it. You have a talent. You should be one of the judges. Well, she... So, okay. Because be I had no idea. So, spoiler alert, if you're watching Mass Singer, we're about to talk about who the reveals were last night. Just want to give you the trigger warning. Um, but the Flamingo is Adrian Bailon. Yeah, and and I there was a period where I was like, I think this might be Demi Lovato, but I don't know. And then I was like, oh, I I don't know a lot of like Adrian Bailon's. Like yeah. I, I wasn't really into that type of music. But then once someone said that, we were like looking it up, and we were like, okay, yeah, that's definitely her. Yeah. And then. The one uh, that was the Rottweiler, everyone was like, it's Nick Lachey, it's Darren Chris. It ended up being Daughtry, Chris Daughtry. I said that. I was telling my friend, you I was did? like, yes, I told my friend, like, the moment he started singing, I was like, that is so obviously Daughtry. Wow. Because his voice has, like, a very distinct sound to it. It has, like, it. this growl to it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, if it's not Daughtry, it's one of those white guys who leads, like, a band and, like, has that distinct voice. But I was like, no, that's Daughtry. Like, Daughtry, like, I know his voice from his first song, Home, when he came off of American Idol. I was like, that's very obviously Daughtry. And then you got the final one, The Fox, who won it. It was so obvious that it was Wayne Brady. Also cried and said that this was the best experience he's ever had in his life and that it was empowering for him and that he feels, yeah, a new sense of confidence and that he's gone through such hard times in his life and that this really... uh, just allowed him to flourish and to, uh, you know, like remember what's important and things like that, which is like what even goes back to you. Like, buddy, you're just sitting there in a fox costume. Well, like, so, why do I have these emotions? So it's interesting to hear that because Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child, uh, yeah. she was saying that like this was really great for her because she had a lot of issues with like liking her voice. And we talked about that yesterday. Um, and she talked about how freeing it was to be up there and not have people know who you are but like praising what you're doing because Michelle has always been the person from Destiny's Child that people make fun of and tease and say yes, like you're and not that's a star. Really anno- that's really hurtful. Like yeah. I, I, I was felt so bad for her saying that and being like I haven't worked since last December. Yeah. And like admitting that on the show and right. being like I'm really glad that I'm here and I really hope that people will realize like I am an artist and I'm an artist worth listening to. Yeah. So Damn this show! It's so awful, but uh, so great. Can't and they've wait for already the next teased one. season three. Of I think there's a banana have. involved. Oh, I'm. Uh, we're all hooked. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and impeachment stuff is on the way. There was crazy impeachment stuff last night. It continues into today, and we'll continue into the holidays. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, Allie and Jarrett here with you, and a merry impeachment to all. It uh, was a splendid night for many people. And, uh, and uh, you know, from my own Twitter, I said, Merry Impeachment to all and to all a good night. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people were feeling, uh, feeling good, but also kind of realizing that, you know, the next steps are probably going to lead to a dead end. But, I, I mean, I still felt a, a moment of like, yes, at least there's this. Yeah. You know, like, at least he's sort of disgraced in the sense of, 
history. And he was the first, he is the first president to be impeached during his first term is yeah, also something. Absolutely, yeah. That's a little something, huh? Yeah. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. And he's like, so if you guys aren't going to say it, damn it, I'm just going to play this This is some out. crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. You I know mean, what? We're going to get to the crazy impeachment stuff. It's fine. Here is some crazy impeachment okay. stuff. So last night, there were a lot of different feelings. So uh, my best friend, I've always said, is a congressional, he works uh, in the staff of uh, of the Senate. And so they're receiving, you know, the trial seemingly soon. Um, and so I was speaking with him about it and he was saying that it was very sad to him. He was like, I was actually really emotional when it happened. And I was like, why? And he was like, you know, the part of me that has like studied politics and government and loves the country and believes, you know, um, and wants the best things for the country and is not like delusional about anything. But like, it's just very sad to me that we're at this point where a, that we're impeaching a president, but also that, He's watching, you know, uh, Republicans just kind of throw everything away. Right. Um, throwing away the norms, throwing away the beliefs about the country, throwing away everything that they've stood for to support this man. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, that like, was really disheartening. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense because the voting was pretty much along party lines. And uh, I mean, it would have been nice to see some surprises. Yeah. It would have been nice to see some people being like, no, I'm actually looking at the facts and this is wrong. Um, well, and, and part of the analysis that was coming out last night from uh, the folks on MSNBC, they were all talking about, and this has been something that so many of us have been saying, is like, it's wild to me that the Republicans, their debate is not about like the facts. It's not about oh, he's such a good guy, he wouldn't do this, you know, about his character or about, you know, anything like that. It's just, you guys are mad and you guys have wanted to right. impeach him for two years. Right, right, And it's right. like, you guys can't even defend this man. Yeah, and I mean, also when you're reading about who voted what, like another reveal to me yesterday was that Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian spy. I was going to say that Tulsi Gabbard's a Russian agent. Like, yeah, Tulsi Gabbard's a spy, everyone. So Tulsi Gabbard, if you guys don't know, is a congresswoman from Hawaii. She's, She's always in a white suit, right? She looks like a, a Marvel villain. And like <laughs> she is, she came into the vote yesterday and voted present. She didn't vote yes or no. And it's like, I've told you before. After the primaries, when Tulsi Gabbard falls out and surprisingly didn't win a state, she's going to run as a third party candidate. And that is going to be her waving the flag that says, hi, I'm a Russian agent um, and I'm here to ruin the election. Um, she knows that she's not going to win. She knows that she, there's never been any heat on her name. Like, well, I mean, Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian agent. Even yes. Even if she had any. I mean, this her vote or lack thereof yesterday solidified that she does not care about winning absolutely the like the presidential election for democrats at all like any democrat would never even think to to support her after something yeah, like no. that like Tulsi Gabbard can kick rocks she so. seems like one of those people who like everyone's going out to dinner at a certain restaurant and she's the only person that has a problem with where they're going she's like I'm, she's I've like, just never been a fan of pasta okay like I have a saffron allergy yeah actually, actually I'm also allergic to tomatoes and gluten and, <laughs> yeah. and anything with taste and my so. mother is um, it died from tomatoes no it's so. fine I'll just bring my own stuff it's it's okay I'm just gonna come with these um, Pyrex glass yeah I, Pyrex I brought hummus containers. Yeah, yeah I'm just gonna you know she's and that person that like chips. Throws a, a wrench in every plan She's that so a group exhausting. of people is doing. She is a, a difficult human being to stand behind for anything. Um, <laughs> Which is yes. sucky because I, when I saw her on the first debate stage, I was like, oh, I kind of like what this girl's saying. I, I didn't know anything about yeah. her. But then the second and third and the, everything that I learned after, I was like, oh, damn it. She sucks. <laughs> I mean, and if you're into the ladies, 
She's I not mean, ugly. No. She's got that nice, handsome look yeah. I can really get down with. I enjoy. I nice, handsome look. She does look like a nice, handsome lady. Well, to wrap all this up, Donald Trump has been impeached. A reminder, impeachment is an indictment, not a removal from office. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We got more Drop the Subject coming up next. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the Subject with Jarrett Nally. And there are things going on between Anthony, Anthony of Queer Eye and Martha Stewart. And it kind of brings up the question of tagging etiquette, which is something that I, uh, I've i been accused by my own wife of, of breaching because I have not tagged her in pictures of us together. Yeah. And I'm like, but... All right, so you're upset that I didn't tag you. I get it, and then I change and tag. But the offense that comes from me, because I don't think to do that, really, but people get really, really pissy about it. It's uh, interesting to me. Like I love anything to do with Martha Stewart, because I feel like she's such an oddly dynamic person like yeah. just like the places that you see her like I just kind of love her so the story is weird to me because apparently Anthony from Queer Eye you guys know he's the the, the food expert on the show um, he apparently did this post on Instagram a couple within the last couple of days um, and he's like petting a, ho- a horse in this stable and it says socializing at Christmas parties is the caption well, Martha Stewart was not pleased because apparently he was at her Christmas party and petting one of her horses and did not tag her. Yeah. Which Martha Stewart is a grown ass woman. But like, she did say it in a very kind of cheeky way. Kind of. It was very uh, what we would call in the South nice, nasty. It's just like. <laughs> nasty? Nice, nasty. Like you're just, you're like. Oh, sweetheart. But you know that she's really kicking him the middle finger. Well, because she is a little bit of a Miss Manners, but she's still going to throw shade when she wants to throw shade. She's 78 years old. I need you to just be a grown up about like, so she she replies in his comments, dear Anthony, this is at Martha Stewart 48. You did not tag me on this photo of my stable, nor the photo of my beautiful dogs, Han and what I'm guessing is Quinn. Um, I think there's a typo in here. Bet Noir. Bet Noir. Yeah. And creme brulee. Oh. Oh, that their names? Is that yeah, Bet Noir and, tw- and but Crimble it's not Lake. capitalized. It's weird. Okay, she says we are bummed about that because you have so many followers and you are my Christmas cookies. Again, don't know what that means. <laughs> you were nice to not post the forbidden scenes, and we thank you. Three exclamation points. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't know what that means, but okay, she's a, clearly upset. Well, I. I think who should be really upset in this situation is the horse. Because the horse is not tagged either. The horse is absolutely not tagged. <laughs> and the horse is the only other being in this picture. So well, if anyone's going to be upset, it's the horse. I, I think that the horse writing an angry post is probably not possible. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. <laughs> Anthony jumped into his uh, Insta story and like circles the comment from her and, and replies, Dearest at Martha Stewart 48. I got your Insta right this time. Apologies for not respectfully mentioning Dear Doggos, Empress Chin, Emperor Han, Bet Noir, and Cuddle Monster Creme Brulee. They deserve recognition also. I rewatch I rewatch your cabbage roll demo with your dear mom, Mrs. Kostria. I don't know if she's a Russian, maybe. Um, more often than I care to admit. Also, he's tagging someone else. Like, I I don't I feel like them this beef between the two of them is like it's not really a beef, but like why is Martha Stewart tripping off of this? Like, why is this a thing? I don't know. I think that she's being playful. 
I, I don't necessarily think that she's that offended. I think that maybe she's just like poking fun. Like, where's my tag there, Anthony? You think this is a, a case of where they um, the the headline has really overstated it? Because the headline is yes. Martha Stewart savagely called out Anthony <laughs> Porosky on Instagram, and I'm like. These are the Was same. Was this savage? Yeah. Like I don't think so. I don't think so either. And these are the same headline writers that say when the uh, like when the super bloom happened that there was a butterfly swarm plaguing yeah. California. Someone just just slammed it. It's like calm down, you guys. This is not that serious, right? But Our, you know what? We both clicked on it. We both did, and now we're talking about it on the radio. <laughs> so there's so that. We're the fools here, aren't we? <laughs> Drop the subject. The new channel Q. You know, I think it's interesting. By the way, we have a lot more to look forward to on the show today. We're going to be going over um, some of our most heartfelt moments on the year-end Drop the Subjects. uh, Sorry, decade-end Drop the Subject most X moments. Because it's been a very, very big eight months. It has. To take up the decade. It certainly has. So we're going to be going through some of the most heartfelt moments. Maybe you'll even cry. Not going to say whether you will or won't, but it's a possibility. I I probably did. Chance of rain. (laughs) Um, We're also going to be at the top of the next hour talking about making a Christmas movie gay because uh, Hallmark has, you know, they've been stewing in controversy all week because of this Zola ad. uh, And now people online are calling for a gay Hallmark movie. They're like, get it together, Hallmark. Exactly. Like balls in your court or many balls are in your court. Or put some balls in your court. (laughs) Yeah, or some scissors or something. (laughs) So... We figured, why don't we make a Christmas movie gay? I feel like this is very exciting to me. We're working on um, seeing about how we can get them greenlit, um, mm-hmm. but that that's going to happen. Yeah, and if you want to send us yours, uh, I put the question on Twitter and I retweeted it from Drop the Subjects, Twitter, at DTS Show. Uh, some of the ones that I had pitched were uh, Homo Alone and Jingle All the Gay. <laughs> so if you would like to add your making a Christmas movie gay, we would happily take your suggestions and we want to narrow down some finalists. Yeah. Um, I would love to chat with you about what you think the proper tagging etiquette is after this entire thing that we just went through. This with, enormous oh brouhaha. my god with with Anthony and uh, and Martha Stewart. When do you hate being tagged in things and why? Because oh. on Facebook, I think it's different in, on Facebook than on Instagram. I didn't realize that was the way that you're going to frame the question, and I'm completely triggered now. Oh really? Yes, I despise being tagged in things that have nothing to do with me. So when it's a post, say, about animal cruelty. Yeah. When it's a person, it's usually, I mean, in my case on Facebook, it's a mom, like a a, a friend of my mom's or something like that. They really love to post things that they're upset about and then tag every single person that they know in that so mm-hmm. that it's like all right we all have to do something about this so everyone should see this because it's important to me and it's like right and it's like a bloody chicken in a cage and i'm like i, I don't want to see this oh there are a few things that make my blood boil the way that that does because like i get tagged and stuff all the time and i'm like this doesn't have anything to do with me and like part of it is like oh if i tag this person more people will see it or if i tag this i get maybe the mentality look- sure exactly and like sure i that's Part of how you need to sometimes, you know, get clout for things, but it's it's really annoying to me um, when I get tagged. It this happens on Facebook more than anywhere else. It doesn't. What it's annoying and on it's Facebook because people. it goes into your feed. Yeah. So then, if somebody's oh, no. going through your feed and then you see like Allie at a Christmas party and then a bunch of bloody chickens, yeah. you're like, what is going on? Well, so you have to turn off that, which I did that before. Like oh. people can't post on my wall and they can't 
just tag me in something and then it automatically goes to my wall because I would get so much stuff on the tag sometimes, especially like around the time Melania happened. Oh, I don't know how to do that. My whole, I'll show you. It's okay. a, but like when Melania happened, all of my, my social media exploded and I have like so much stuff that I'm tagged in that I I have, I still have like 700 things that I'm tagged in that I have to approve my that I'll just Lord. never see. Oh, well, yeah. and then the other one is posting a picture of somebody where they think they, they look ugly. Yeah. And it's like, or, you know, a mom posting a picture of their kid where they don't want their kid, like the kid does not want to be tagged at all. The the thing I hate is when- Seventh graders like, mom! The thing I hate that people post is like, they're like super ripped fit bodies and they're like, still a work in progress. (laughs) And I'm like, shut up. And then they start tagging like fitness people and stuff. I'm like, shut up. I can't stand you. Why don't you- Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. That's Allie. We are jumping into a situation. We talked earlier uh, this week about Hallmark um, not having enough LGBTQ representation. They're pulling the ads from Zola. Then they added them back and they're trying to make amends. And everyone was like, too little, too late, Hallmark. Exactly. Yeah. And last week we had on uh, Michael Chen, who's a a film executive over at Lifetime, who was saying, you know, we're much more LGBTQ friendly. And we started our movies before Hallmark did for Christmas. Oh, they they started. Oh, you mean Uh, like. October 25th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, we were taking a look at this. And then, Ali, you found that people are actually, uh, I guess, starting a petition or something to get Hallmark to do an LGBTQ movie now for Christmas. Yeah, well, I I don't know if a petition's been started yet, but as I say these words, I would imagine one has been started. I'm sure. Uh, Because there's a petition for everything these days. But uh, it says that uh, a lot of people online are asking and calling for Hallmark to make a gay or an LGBT Christmas movie in response to all of the Zola fiascos that have been going on. So... Everyone's saying, you know, what would it be like? And I mean, I think that making the Yuletide gay is something that's, I mean, a lot of Christmas movies have an element of gayness to them. I mean, yeah, my favorite thing is like, I always, whenever someone asks if you're gay, you're supposed to say, as Christmas at Bloomingdale's. And so, like, that's a Will <laughs> that's and Grace thing. That's what you're thing. supposed to say. That's what you're supposed to say. So, I, it got me thinking, what would a, you know, what would the title of a Christmas, a gay Christmas movie be? You know, why don't we help? the Hallmark Channel out a little bit and make a Christmas movie gay. Let's give them some possibilities. So I put the question on Twitter and I got a couple of starter ideas going. Homo Alone, Jingle mm-hmm. All the Gay. Those okay. were just the couple okay. that I said. And I and then I said, what you got? And I said, hashtag make a, Chris- make a Christmas movie gay. So here are some of the responses that we've gotten. Uh, both good and bad. I'm just going to share all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Rudolfo the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> nice. Instead of deck the halls, if you change the E to an I. Well, see, I changed halls to walls, but either one works. <laughs> either one. Some things just don't deck take a... the walls? Hey, listen, you just got to do the work. That is a great one, Jared. Thank you. I'll, I'll put that in red so we can take that to the Lifetime executive okay, and see great. if we can get them to green Thank you it. very much. Uh, Edward Scissoringhands. Edward I... Scissorhands is a... No, we can't say that? Oh no. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. she's saying oh Emmy, no, no. Emmy no, no, very no, no. rarely hits the dump button. She's she said, "Oh no, ma'am." I think that you could say that word, but okay. I agree to disagree. And, well, the and original Edward movie, Scissorhands is a Christmas movie. Edward Scissorhands, right? I have that on mine. Um I I have uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas becomes how this bitch stole my man. Oh, that's nice. Right? Yeah, I, I was that's... trying to think of one for Grinch and I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Um Harold and Kumar a very Harold and Kumar Christmas 
I think that's just fine as it is. <laughs> well, someone else uh, pitched. There's a movie, I guess, named Prancer. Yeah, that was the next one I was going to say. And they were yeah. like, just yeah, that. That one works. That's great. Esquire has a list of the top 50 Christmas movies of all the time. Uh, of, of all the time. I'm, I'm singing Jingle of All the Way. all the time. Uh, Jingle All the Way is number 37. Um, and so I'm looking at the 50 best Christmas movies of all time. Um, they have A Christmas Tale. I think it could be some Christmas tale. Oh, yeah. T-A-I-L. Getting some Christmas tale. Exactly. There's a movie called Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. I think if you swap that around and just bang, bang, kiss, kiss. Or kiss, bang, kiss, bang. I mean, boom, that works. Um, While You Were Sleeping becomes While You Were Sleeping with Someone of the Same Sex. (laughs) (laughs) I think that one works. So long, but I, I think mean, the Hallmark Channel would love it. It is. It's a lot to put into while the TV you guide. With of the while same you sex. were sleeping with someone of the same sex. Uh, Periwinkle Blue on Twitter said, "I saw Daddy kissing Santa Claus." <laughs> that's good. I like that. I saw Daddy kissing. I'm gonna write that. One I don't down. even know if that's necessarily a Christmas movie, but still a great a great pitch. Well, it has Santa in it, so it works. Um, uh, I, I like um, uh, Die Hard. Changed to Die Hard. Oh, just Die Hard. Dude, uh, die Hard just okay. lands. You don't want to put a rock in there or anything? Oh, uh, well, okay. Okay. I don't know if we can say it in sequence without Emmy bleeping us, but... Uh, someone said, uh, not into the whole brevity thing on Twitter, said uh, Guy Hard. Oh, there so we that's, go. that's another okay. one there. Um, there's a movie called Just Friends. Yeah. It could be just more than friends. <laughs> yeah, just... Uh, it's really hard to say what I want to say right now. It's terrestrial radio. It is terrestrial radio. Uh, somebody said Miracle on Non-Binary Street. I'm not sure that one makes a whole lot of sense, but sure. I saw I have uh, It Happened on Fifth Avenue, and that could be It Happened in the Alley off Fifth Avenue. <laughs> I think that would work. Uh, the Let's see. I don't know how to say this one. It's Scrooge, but it's been changed to... Uh, you can't say that. You know, something that's... What about The Nutcracker just as The Nutcracker? Mm-hmm. Boom! Exactly. It it's like a breakup yeah. movie. It's like a revenge movie, right? That would be pretty great. The Nutcracker's revenge. The Nutcracker works. Okay. Uh, uh, and then A Christmas Carol, but in this case, Carol is a lesbian who goes on a camping trip. I. Why, have, why was that not the first one we came up with? <laughs> Um, yeah, there's so many options here. So we're going to narrow these down. I'll be homo for Christmas. That's from at Internet Nitwit on Twitter. I think I'll be homo for Christmas is a great coming out film. Um, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we've got more Drop the Subject. And a little bit later, we're going to be talking to a Lifetime Film Executive to see if we can get any of these green lights. Perfect. There we go. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right, so we are back, and we earlier we were talking about how we could gay up some Christmas movies, uh, kind of pitching the idea that you know Hallmark is always in this this big brouhaha right now about LGBTQ films, and we're trying to figure out how we can get some gay movies. And we figured last week we had on Michael Chin, who is a film executive over at Lifetime, and we thought who better to greenlight a movie for us than Michael Chin? So Michael Chin's on the phone now. Hey, hey, hey Michael. Friends. Hey. Okay, so we are taking three different. Um, traditional Christmas movies and we've turned them into gay Christmas movies you get to pick which one is your favorite and you'll green light okay boom I'm ready all right (laughs) gosh I didn't realize it was this easy exactly right okay cool all we had to do was get you on the phone okay so the first movie Allie I'll let you take I'll let you explain what I saw I saw daddy kissing Santa Claus is Okay, uh, so this is a, it's a rom-com, okay, uh, you know, it's a, a hapless Ben Stiller type, and, mm. uh, you know, he's, he feels like a bit of an outsider in his marriage, and his wife is, um, is Jane Lynch, 
and uh, oh. she's obviously a lesbian. And uh, then he meets this dashing, suave, kind of muscular man who who's a mall Santa, and they fall in love. And that is, I saw Daddy kissing Santa Claus. Um, okay, so my next movie is uh, based on the original film, While You Were Sleeping. This film is called While You Were Sleeping with Someone of the Same Sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. so it's basically a rom-com uh, ben stiller type <laughs> ben stiller and sandra bullock no it's 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 a rom-com about a woman who comes back to the, her hometown from the big city yeah she makes a ton of money she's a real estate mogul she's a real estate mogul exactly <laughs> she's coming back to renovate her family's home after her mom has died yeah. she finds a carpenter in town and it's a woman and she <laughs> renovates her exactly she renovates her <laughs> love life and she becomes what we call a lesbian we call that movie while Christmas. you were sleeping with someone of the same sex and then we have deck the walls uh, oh, oh god <laughs> so this would be an after hours type of uh i would see it as maybe a limited series yeah um, yes. you know sort of like if these walls could talk i'm thinking more like room 104 like everyone is a completely different story <laughs> yes exactly and so the walls are really the victim in all of this Oh, they are being victimized. They are sure. being decked episode by episode, but it'd be kind of a, a longer, uh, a, a mini series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I of, see, of, I see. Of the ways that people have met and, um, you know, decked the walls. Yeah, and you know, just painted the walls. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, different. <laughs> we love uh, a castle on the walls. <laughs> yeah, we got to be careful with and the walls. And the stories that could, yeah. So, Michael, as a film executive and an expert in this field, and someone who's looking for the next great Christmas movie. Between I Saw Daddy Kissing Santa Claus, Deck the Walls, and While You Were Sleeping with Someone of the Same Sex, which one do you really feel like has what it takes to make it on Lifetime? I mean, I always love a lesbian carpenter, so that, that um, whatever the one that was called, that's the one I choose. While lesbian You Were Sleeping carpenter. with Someone of the Same Sex? Oh, yes. While You Were Sleeping with Someone of the Same Sex for the win. <laughs> I just, yes! I think it's the subtlety of the title that really sells it. Yeah, and I, I mean, can just see the nuance. title, too, like, While You Were Sleeping, and then in really little letters underneath, with Someone of the, same, someone sex. Of the same Sex. <laughs> oh, okay. And so, I know you love my Lifetime promo voice, so <clears throat> it would be, While You Were Sleeping with Someone of the Same Sex, only on Lifetime. Starring okay. Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman. <laughs> <laughs> Michael... Thank you for calling, and, uh, yes. and we'll You're get welcome. this cast and get some, you know, a script ready for you in the next forty-eight hours. Exactly, Allie, I can't wait. <laughs> we'll be right back. Jared, Allie is uh, here. We are time. We are have now found time that it is news that are losing. You guys can't see what's happening in the studio. You just can't. It's fine. We it's fine. We're like, time. We're I'm like I'm saying words that are happening robot. in my are you mouth. Being watched by your bedside. <laughs> Shut right up. Now? At a robot? Um, uh, we're like, where's the bell? Where's the bell? Uh, and like, we're talking, but like moving things around well, trying to find the bell. We're trying to get some things together for later. Yes, show. we are working on our uh, most heartfelt moments for you guys. So and that's we're feverishly up. writing yes. while you were sleeping with somebody of the same sex. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a big hit. Anyway, it is time for News That Are Losing. Allie has three headlines. I have three votes. We'll see how many stories you all get. All right, headline number one. New sloping toilet designed to shorten bathroom breaks is every employee's worst nightmare. This is awful. <laughs> this is definitely bathroomist. Bathroom. Headline number two. This is the worst day of the year to go Christmas shopping. Yes, I think that's really important information. I agree. And finally, headline number three. What is soft ghosting? Oh, um, Emmy, I think it's time to hit the button. <gasps> it's a three number of the day. Ah! 
Really just coming through with a strong three for three performance. Why, thank you. In a clutch. What you got for us? <laughs> all right. First of all, let's talk about this sloping toilet, shall we? I think a lot of people, when they need to go to the bathroom, they're like, great, a few minutes to just be alone mm-hmm. in the workplace. A-, a few moments until you hear the door open. You're like, crap. And then I'm you're like, you. uh, crap, literally. So... There is an inventor that is facing criticism for his proposed toilet design that would force people to go to the bathroom faster. Because if you think about it, there is a good amount over the course of the year of workplace productivity that's lost and literally goes down the toilet. (laughs) So a hour framing that. Yeah. Okay. British startup Standard Toilet has received a patent for a toilet seat that is slanted at a 13 degree angle, making it difficult for. for anyone to sit for over five minutes at a time. Wow. How much of a jerk do you have to be? I This jerk and is jerk named is, Mahabir Gill. I was going to say jerk is like the nicest word that I could find. Yes. Uh, about Which I'm surprised that a man would invent this because I feel like guys don't, I mean, when you like your toilet time. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking like, th- this makes me think about back in the day, I remember hearing that McDonald's had seats that were designed in their, in their restaurants ergonomically so that you could be comfortable for a little while, but not stay too long. I had no idea that that much thought went into oh my God. the way that toilet seats are designed and how un- how they're uncomfortable for a reason. Ergonomics is such a big business because it, it plays into psychology and how long how long you kind of feel comfortable until you start to get a little uncomfortable and then it's time for you to get up. Because like, and, and while I don't remember if McDonald's ever confirmed or denied that, but like if you think about it from a McDonald's standpoint, like you don't want people sitting there too long. You want them sitting comfortable long enough to eat their food and maybe chat for a moment, but then you want them out same thing with the toilet seat like right. if you design it in such a way like once it starts getting uncomfortable you got to get up that keeps people moving so then that's bad for the uh remember those toilet pa- those padded toilet seats from like the 80s oh gross they were gross but they were pretty comfortable yeah that's and we haven't seen them since. and we haven't seen them since and yeah. i guess there's a reason for that all right so what do you think Jarrett, is the worst day of the year to go christmas shopping I was thinking about this and I was trying to figure it out. I feel like it's probably the Friday before Christmas. You're very close. Okay. And the or an- the Saturday. The answer, yes, it's super Saturday. Oh, okay. Or the Saturday before Christmas. That's when all the last minute shoppers crowds, crowd the stores to buy their gifts. But the real worst shopping day of, uh, of the Christmas season is kind of dependent upon what you like or hate. If you hate crowds... Black Friday could be the worst shopping right. day of the year for you. Uh, if you don't like it when there's bad, like when the deals are bad... That would be the Tuesday after Black Friday. Interesting. Because those that's when all of the sales are over, essentially, and the, the malls are really quiet. So it's going to be less crowded, which might be something you like, but everything's probably not going to be on sale. Isn't the day after Christmas also one of the crappiest days with people returning stuff or something like that? It is one of the biggest shopping days of the year because of people returning oh, on Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, New Year's... I, I think people underestimate New Year's sales because... 
a lot of stuff goes on sale right at the tail end of the year because mm. everyone's buying the new stuff during Christmas. But then at the end of the year, if they have anything left over that's like old models, 2018, 2019, they're trying to get all of that off the floor to make room for the 2020 models of everything. Mm-hmm. So I got a great TV one year. I couldn't believe like. I was like, everybody probably got TVs during Black Friday, blah, blah, blah. And then it was December 31st. I got the best deal of my life on a giant TV that I love very much. That's awesome. Sometimes more than my wife. No, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, then finally, what is soft ghosting? Soft ghosting, I'm guessing means like you... I'm thinking like you are responsive, but it takes you like days to respond or something like that? It is... Uh, well, I'm going to be soft about this explanation. Soft oh. ghosting is ghosting, but for people who feel bad about ghosting. <laughs> oh, it's like friendly. Go- it's like Caspering. It's, it is like Caspering. It's, it's you're ghosting. being a friendly ghost. Uh, maybe someone will stop asking to hang out or even ask questions that would continue a conversation, but they'll st- and they'll still send like emojis or like pictures, but they're also still not making plans with you. Yeah. Interesting. But it can also sort of be thought of as like breadcrumbing. That's right. That's another term. Didn't we have like paper clipping was one of them? Paper clipping, yeah. That's the clippy, the 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 little... Um, Thing from the Microsoft Assistant? Yeah, the Microsoft Assistant guy. But what did that mean? It meant that uh, they would just pop up when they weren't needed. Ah, yes. <laughs> so, paper clipping. So that's right. They'd be like, hey, remember me? And you're like... What's going on? Yeah, it's it's you. Want to hey. hang out? You need anything? Hey, guy in my Facebook instant messenger. So and great to like, hear from you again. Oh, no. You so, think I'm cute? appreciate that uh yeah that's a little weird yeah but soft ghosting i feel like i so my ex would always tell the story when we were together that i ghosted him when we first met and i'm like that is not true uh-huh. we were talk. we went on a date i think we went on a couple of dates and we were talking pretty regularly and then i went out of town for a few weeks last year and then i like didn't get back like he had texted me and i didn't respond to him in that first text message oh, okay so you but ghosted then, him no well this <laughs> I hate you. I didn't respond to that text message because I was traveling or whatever. I didn't see it. And then like he never replied and I never said anything else. And then we went like months without talking. And I was like, I'd forgotten. I was working. I was out of town. And then when I came back to town, I I was like, oh, I haven't talked to him in a while. And I texted him and he was like, oh, you had ghosted me. And I'm like, it's not like you'd reached out to me multiple times and I wasn't responding. Like I missed a text message and it was over. That's true. And I, I wonder if it would differ in the, in the lesbian universe because with lesbians, they always find a way to contact one another no matter where you are. Even if I was vacationing on Antarctica, I would find a way to she sent you like contact a smoke signal. the new person that is the love of my life, a.k.a. the person I've known for 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. And I would send out a smoke signal. The person whose name is already on your lease. Exactly. Like, yeah. And on my arm. And right. Tattoo. Uh, you know, to make sure that I got across. So I think that it might be a little bit different for men versus women, but I also think that simul ghosting is another thing that happens often when you kind of both collectively realize, eh. simul ghosting. That's really good. Yeah, a friend of mine uh, went on a date with this girl. They were uh, they they met each other online, and I actually was convinced that she was getting catfished because they were only talking on WhatsApp, and she wouldn't share the phone oh, number. See? And I was like, this is not real. This person's not real. This person's faking you out. Yeah, and then they actually met, and she was real, and then she was not being catfished. And I was like, oh my god, this is like going to be your love story this is amazing and I was like what happened and she was like yeah we simul ghosted each other and I was like oh so you kind of both are just like meh sparks not there I saw a meme the other day Um, here it is it said the best piece of dating advice I've ever received is this if they like you you'll know it if they don't you'll be confused 
honestly, it's all you need to know. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's perfect. He's just not that into you. There that you was go. A, a, not a great movie, but a relevant one. It was a, it's a great uh, way to look at, at relationships. Like, oh, he's just not that into you. Yeah. And it's and he'll make it known. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got to talk about Camila Cabello. We've got a really estate coming up. So much more. Drop the subject. Coming on back. Yesterday I was on Twitter and this story, I saw this series of tweets and I started reading it and then I stopped reading it because I wasn't really sure if I should believe it or not. I'm I'm very iffy about like the sources where I read different things because I feel like I, I'm, I'm very clear that you can start reading a story online and just because you're reading it on the internet, you start to believe it regardless of whether or not it's factual, where the story's coming from. That's why I love Snopes. Yeah, exactly. Snopes is really great for that. Snopes is a great place to be able to verify things because um, they do really good fact checking. So I saw this this tweet that says exposing Camila Cabello's racist and downright disturbing Tumblr reblogs a thread. And I was like, what could go wrong? <laughs> There's such a jam packed sentence. Exactly. So I, I click on it and I'm looking and it shows like this is her Tumblr. And I was like, well, how do we know this is her Tumblr? It says Camilla's Tumblr account. Um, it is this thing it's vous bell or something like that it's it seems like it's maybe in french okay um it says and how do i know this she said so herself and it's like someone asking you post a picture of yourself and it's a picture of camilla cabello seemingly from 2012 that didn't convince me enough because i'm like anyone could have posted a picture of her and this tumblr account has <clears throat> some super super racist imagery and wording on it right yes yeah, so according to the rolling stone article because i mean you know they this has become quite a big story now um she has various times where she was using the n-word using racist images um they say that uh, cabello posted most of them in 2012 when she would have been around 14 or 15 and while her old tumblr posts have been deleted um the the account that found it is at motivate fenty on twitter they noted that all of the links were archived <clears throat> on the wayback machine which is wayback machine if you're not familiar is a website that um can show you what was on a website years ago way back in time based upon the way that they archive the internet scary so in, in a her, way. Absolutely, right? it's like, you are never forgotten. Yeah. In her apology, Cabello expressed her regret over the posts and acknowledged that while she, quote, can't go back in time and change things, end quote, she would continue to strive to do better. I will say that in these kinds of instances, um, apologies are very difficult um, in, like, how, how they go over because you hear someone, you know, say that they're sorry for what they said or what they did, but when they're sorry in those instances for having said or done something that was really egregious. Like, you being sorry for the way that you think, that you still think that you thought back then, like, it doesn't necessarily make the person that was offended, like, feel any better because like you probably still hold those, you may still hold those ideas or you are saying sorry for getting caught in it, like, in this kind of way. It's a hard thing to figure I out I mean, sometimes. with something, with, with posting, like, with things like the N-word and posting, like, blatantly racist imagery like that, an apology seems like a formality that they're going through that doesn't necessarily mean it. Like, that is something that is a deep-rooted core belief right. of yours in order to even put that stuff online yeah. in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, there is something inherently wrong with the way that you think about yourself exactly. and and other and, and other people of color and so there is something seriously wrong there so well, then to have to say i'm sorry for what i said and and to i mean to even to have a realization and be like wow that was super racist um i i'm sorry there 
it's like a little bit of too little too late. But then also, uh, an apology is better than no apology, right? Absolutely. An apology is always better than not. Um, it, it's just always interesting, like the language that gets used in them. And the other part of it is, I think it's important to highlight here, like Camila Cabello is a Latina woman. Right. Um, and I think that there's kind of an idea that racism and white supremacy is unique to white people. And like realistically, white supremacy is something that is in everyone because of the way that our culture has conditioned everyone and the way that they look at themselves and what they believe about whiteness being better and all of that different stuff. Like um, I've, I've said here before, like white supremacy is something that always kind of gets couched in like KKK and burning crosses and all that. But like white supremacy is, isn't everything. Um, and like whether it's from how few you know people of color, color on magazines um, to the fact that we you know we have like the first time a black woman is Miss XYZ or stuff like that like the years that came before that were like saying this white person is way better than than these other people of color Um, so from Camilla like I don't I don't know her heart. I don't know where she's coming from on this. She says, um, I'm 22 now. I'm an adult and I've grown and learned and I'm conscious and aware of the history and the pain that this language carries uh, in a way that I wasn't before. Those mistakes don't represent the person I am or um, person I've ever been. That part is hard because it's like, well, it seems like you were that person at least in 2012. Right. So, and and I know what some people are, they're looking, because what she put out there was not she didn't directly say this was worth it was the things that I said on Tumblr from this account or anything like that, but it's also like kind of acknowledging cut, yeah, it, like yeah. you're kind of acknowledging then that that's that was you. And how old was she when she even put those things? That not that it matters or it makes it okay, but yeah. like I wonder if she was fifteen, if she was thirteen, if she was t- like what at what age are you really posting things that horrific? Yeah, it's a. It's and a, to say you're twenty two and an adult now is also like, are are is anyone who's twenty two feel like an adult? Because I sure didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting thing. We'll see how this one continues to spiral out because it certainly will. We'll take a quick break. When we've come back, um, it's presidential debate time coming up. We've got uh, more about the impeachment and so many other still things. Still real estate too, yeah. Still another real estate. And we've got someone coming in talking about yoga, which is exciting. A gay gay cray cray. So much more Drop the Subject coming up. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the Subject with Jarrett and Allie. Still lots to get to. And we're finally getting around to our real estate. I think we're, we're backed up schedule wise, but it's all for good reason. We have uh, the Drop the Subject most heartfelt moments of the year and of the decade. Of the decade, yes. Coming up a little bit later. We're still getting some uh, some some content ready for that. We also have a guest coming in we momentarily. Do. Yes, there's a piece out about how black men are embracing yoga and I'm thinking about doing it, about like jumping into yoga. So uh, I have a friend that is a, a yogi and a mental health expert and so he's coming in and he's going to kind of talk to us about it. And I really hope that we can see Jarrett Hill doing some yoga moves. I had a feeling that's what you're about to say. Uh, why, why would I not? I, yeah, why, I walked right into that. Why would I not? I, I set that one up. Uh, and now we get to the part of the show where we, uh, we get to make a little bit of fun uh, when it comes to real estate, because it's really hard to find anything affordable pretty much anywhere unless you live in, I don't know, Paris, Texas. Um, right. You know, in Idaho. Shout out to our friends in Idaho. Yeah. I mean, if you're in Idaho, good for you. Good because for you. you probably, like, even if you work at a Wendy's, you can afford a house there. I, it seems like it, at least. It's pretty great. So... This is a new, uh, and I, I have an audio, f- this is a listing in an audio form. And this is a this is real estate, if you've never played the game before, I give a, a real real estate listing that is 
very ridiculous, very overpriced. It's usually uh, you know, a 200 square feet or less. And then I give you something else that you could have bought with that money. And then Jarrett tries to guess which one costs more. In this case, I'm not going to say this is in San Francisco, but I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Just listen to this. Ashley Marcot is slumbering away, but she's not in her private bedroom. She's renting a pod with a whole bunch of strangers. Yikes. We're Jumping on board? I was going to say, what could go wrong? Think co-ed dorm life for adults. It's called PodShare, and it's a new way to beat the high cost of living. I loved it so much, I wanted to stay an extra month. Pause you there. basically... I loved it so much I wanted to stay an extra month. Having such a hard According time. According to hippie that. number one. Exactly. Okay, go on, sorry. Co live with strangers who become your friends. Elvina Beck founded PodShare. The pods, twins here, there's 34. Um, each one has a nightlight, personal outlet with USB, and uh, TV. There's no privacy allowed. I see you, you see me, we establish trust. There are also three. Okay, so this is a situation where. Pods. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm taking notes here. Private to... space is not allowed. <laughs> I see you, you see me, we establish trust, Yikes. is what she says. Uh, every pod has a nightlight and a, and a USB port. So and its own TV. A, a slight upgrade from prison. I, okay. <laughs> this sounds like living in a hostel. Yes. I think it's hostel slash prison adjacent. Okay. Okay? Three bathrooms, a large backyard, and community spaces like this stocked kitchen. Over here is by pod number one through 22. Okay. So this is where you can't see this, but she is opening a refrigerator, a regular size refrigerator, okay? Not not a big giant one, right. just your standard refrigerator. Pods 1 through 22. All have like a space inside? All it? have a tiny, I would say probably 3 I uh, maybe a maybe like a, a 6, six, by six, six inch, tube or yes, something. Yes, like a tiny like a cubby. tube. Yes, a tiny cubby in the kitchen where you could probably put at max five to six items. Oh my God. Oh, okay. If someone enjoys cooking, you're not going to enjoy this place. Wait, when it says stocked kitchen, what does that mean? Uh, like there are communal cereals and gr- tons of granola and chia seeds. It's like being in a break room, basically. Yes, basically. Okay. Here's like snacks and, you know, they want to cook things later. Jeff Liguri has stayed. You know, if people want to cook things and eat and survive and live like humans. <laughs> at this pod chair in Venice Beach for one week. Okay, so this is Venice Beach. Okay. So I can't give you any more information because now they reveal the prices. All right. But you have a lot of information here, okay? So you rent a pod with strangers. It's co-ed pod share. There's 34 pods, nightlight, outlet, USB. The TV, I wasn't clear if it's personal or not, but I guess it doesn't make sense. I will tell you that it's attached to the wall, sort of like you'd see it on an airplane. So everyone's sharing the the TV? No, it's like a little personal one that you can fan out. In front of you and Into lay down your, and like, watch. bed area. Yes. Okay. Um, private spaces not allowed. Three bathrooms, backyard, stocked kitchen. Okay. Okay. That. This listing. Or, for roughly the same amount of money. Monthly. This is, yeah, one month in this pod place. Okay. Okay. You could receive a 30-minute massage every day for one month. Oh, my God. And this is according to, I looked it up, the national average of the average cost of a massage. I'm going to even tell you, the average cost nationally for a one-hour massage is $60. So, a 30-minute massage every single day for one month. Every day. Every day. Think of the knots that would would be gone from your body. I would probably sleep for hours more every (laughs) day. Um, Drink a bunch of that tea. A month of, okay. What do you think costs more? My gut tells me it has to be the massages. 
that the massages cost more. I think so. Because that just he seems says so sleeping in a bunk with no privacy is no problem. I need a place to sleep and a place to put my clothes, and I've got more than enough space for that. Tyler Silver has lived here eight months. We meet a lot of people here. Tyler Silver doesn't look like he's showered in a while, I'm just going to tell you. A one-night stay will set you back 50 bucks. One month, a little over $1,000. So $1, there you go. $1,000. $1,000 for one month in the pod. 1800 for like a massage and 30, so 30 days of $30 worth of massages is $1,200, right? Is that right? No. Am I crazy? Let's see. Let's. How much are, were you saying it costs? Oh, it's 900 yeah. Yes. Okay, so you're wrong then. I'm wrong? It's less money to get a 30-minute mas- massage what? every single day. If you, that's, that's correct, Dental Demi. Thank you. Then to live in you. this pod life? 30 days of 30-minute massages is $900, and it's $1,000 a month to live in this pod. That is wildin' to me. <laughs> Like, uh, what you could get for $1,000 with a roommate? Like, are you kidding me? I know, but people love it. This is correct. You heard that one lady? She's staying an extra month. I just, I've been here for eight months. Like, (laughs) I I just don't. That feels very dorm frat kind of thing meets hostel. I just can't imagine spending $1,000 for that. That's something that in Christmas dinner conversation, you're like, Tyler's been living in a co-op. Exactly. He lives with strangers. No, he loves Doesn't it. Doesn't he? It's really cute. Doesn't I he, went, Tyler? I went and visited. I'm <gasps> so proud of him. Could you pass the vegan gravy? Exactly. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Drop the Subject continues. And you know what's crazy? I didn't even realize... And this is why I love having you to remind everybody that there is a debate tonight. There is a debate tonight. It's it's very easy to forget that this is happening because there is an S storm of so much stuff happening. So the idea that we impeached a president yesterday and then today we have a presidential debate is just wild. It's bonkers. And I think the last time we had a presidential debate that same day, I think we'd had our first testimony or something uh, on the same day or something like that because it was yeah, it was a marathon hearing and I remember sending a text message to one of my friends at MSNBC like really feeling for you today. Yeah. Cuz we had 8 You're hours not of sleeping, testimony are you? and then there's a debate. Oh, so yeah. Lord. So um I hope someone I, ordered lunch for them. Exactly or and everything else too. So uh it is time for us to get, get into what we like to call drop the president. Drop the president. So the debate tonight is going to be uh, a number of firsts uh, for the Democratic Party in the primary because obviously we are in the thick of it with the primary. We're getting closer and closer to the first um, the first elections uh, that will happen in Iowa. And tonight is unique in a few different ways. Number one, this is the first time we've had less than 10 people on stage, which seems like a feat at this point. Yeah, it seems nice for the person that whose job it is to put the podiums on stage. Exactly. Like, oh, we'll be able to chill out a little bit more. Thank God. Uh, on the stage tonight will be uh, Vice President Joe Biden, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Senator Amy Klobuchar, Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, billionaire Tom Steyer, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and a businessman Andrew Yang. All of them are white people, with the exception of Andrew Yang, which I have to say, Andrew Yang could be the dark horse here. Don't I mean, think he's going to be president of the United States, but he's made it a lot further than a lot of other people. So what are, what are the qualifications to get on this debate stage? Because that's what it changes every single debate. Well, you, is it just about the money you raise? It changes every other debate. So like each threshold is for two debates. And so uh, Democratic candidates need to receive 4% in at least four national or early state polls that met the DNC's criteria or 6% in two early state polls. Basically saying like, 
people are supporting you. People believe in you, as at least according to polling. But then also they say uh, candidates had to also receive donations from at least 200,000 unique donors with a minimum of 800 from at least 20 different states. I know that is a little bit confusing. Sure. But basically they're saying that you need to be getting donations from a bunch of different places. Why do they do that? Because they want to be able to see that people will come out and seemingly vote for you. If they're willing to give you money, they're probably willing to come out and vote for you. So, I mean, it's it's so crazy to look at this list of who's going to be there tonight and not see Kamala Harris's name on there. Yeah. I like I'm really sad that she's not going to be on stage tonight. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and what about so Cory Booker is also not going to be there, but he hasn't dropped out, has he? Cory Booker hasn't jumped out of the race. The people who are not going to be seeing notably Michael Bennett, um, Colorado Senator Michael Bloomberg won't be on the stage. Cory Booker, uh, Julian Castro, John Delaney, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Deval Patrick and Marianne Williamson. I know you heard about that last one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Um, Sad. <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard, though, had come out saying that she was going to protest. And, you know, if she did end up making the stage, uh, making the requirements, she wasn't going to show up anyway. And it's like, you can't, like, not show up to a party you're not invited to. Like, no one cares. But why Why is she protesting? Because I think it was a way for her to make noise, to be honest. Like, what are you, pro- was- like, I don't even understand what the protest is for. Are you she- protesting against debates? Well, part of what people have been, some of the candidates have been protesting is these thresholds. Um, oh. To say like, oh, this is anti-democratic and you shouldn't be doing this. But I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I get it. But at the same time, like, sis, if you don't have 200,000 people who have given to your campaign at this point. You're wasting your time and the, ours. The, the great Nicki Minaj once said, hang it up, flat screen. Like, girl, <laughs> let it go. Like, drop it. Um, and so, like, I don't think that I, I feel like Cory Booker begging for money is kind of embarrassing at this point. Like, oh. You know what I mean? Like, Cory, sis, love you. Let it go. Oh. Um, and and I think I think we'll probably start seeing more people dropping out. I was I'm still expecting uh, maybe one or two more will drop out before Christmas. Well, hey, you know, when we talked about divorces in January, Maybe some people are just trying to get through the holidays, still running for president. Maybe. And then afterwards, they're like, you know what? This is not working out. But see, if it were me and I were running for president, I'd be like, listen, I I would rather be home with my family than out on the road knowing that I'm not going to win. So uh, you can check out the presidential debates tonight on CNN. Uh, They will be uh, hosted by Politico and PBS. Make sure to tune in. We will be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject. A lot of people are still chiming in uh, our challenge to make a Christmas movie gay. The Real Dave at DWS Twit on Twitter said, uh, it's a wonderful lick. (laughs) That's funny. Which is a great one. Uh, And then Singletary on Twitter said, how the gays stole Christmas. I okay. I, uh, I could know, see that one. I think the gays stole a lot of holidays. Rightly so. We I, make them better, don't I we? I think Halloween is probably the one we've stolen the most. <laughs> I think we've like really just co-opted that one. And then finally, at uh, Yavana seven 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 on Twitter, instead of love, actually, it was gay, actually. Yes, that works perfectly. I'm gay, actually. Uh, so keep them coming. You know, we can always share throughout the rest of the show. We, I um, definitely got some responses, too. So um, we'll we'll be kind of checking in with all of you to see what you've got to say about what could be our our great homo movie that we could offer up. Um, I heard, I, I've seen a bunch of, yikes, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and then Mr. Fo- following up, especially with the gay penguins now, man. Right. I mean, that's just so relevant. Uh, I also got Mary Poppers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, the Holly Gay Inn. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, this is great. Why right. not? That's amazing. Right. And I do think we should make a trailer for While You Were Sleeping with Someone of the Same Sex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy to make those trailers. Let's just do it. Okay. Okay. I I'm just imagining all of. I feel like there needs to be a million celebrities in this movie for no reason. Yeah. Just <laughs> like cat style. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So now we're getting into gay gay cray cray, <laughs> and you have one and I have one. Yes. Do so you, do you do gay gay cray cray? Here we go. Hit it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, you go first. Okay. I'm gonna tell you about a couple that have. Not only been together for their whole lives, but they have lived together their whole lives. They grew up in the same house. They're not related, Mm -hmm. but they have known each other since they were very, very young. Okay. And uh, I think they may have grown up in foster care. There's not exactly that that specific is not given in this article. Okay. But they have uh, known each other since they were very, very young. They eventually developed a romance, which developed uh, into a long, loving relationship, and now they are married. Now they are adults, and they are uh, seeking a home for Christmas. Oh. So... Uh, they they did have a home, but they were then surrendered and evicted from that home, and now they are in a shelter. And they arrived at a place called Best Friends Life Saving Center, and they have been there ever since. Uh, they said they sleep together, they go on walks together, they love each other. Their bond is so strong, and uh, they had they had a wedding at the shelter, and now they would like a home for Christmas. So. Do you think that this is a gay couple or a straight couple? There is a twist to this, Jarrett. Oh. What's the twist? I'm not going to tell you. Well, you can't give me that and then not tell me what the twist this is. This is not what you think it is. But do you think they're gay or straight? Um, There was nothing that felt like wildly gay about these people. Just one more quote for you. At the ceremony, person A, at the ceremony, oh, God. A walked excitedly down to B, to the love of their life. By all accounts, it was a lovely, intimate ceremony attended by the couple's closest friends. They sealed their commitment with peanut butter and a kiss. Oh. Are these people human? No. Ah, okay. Okay. I see what (laughs) you're doing. That's not the question. Are they straight or are they gay? Um, I think these are... Homosexual animals. They're straight. Oh, come on. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. were married. Uh, they, uh, they, they've been together since they were puppies. Their bond is very strong. Oh, Jesus. They, uh, they sleep together, play together, and attend adoption events together, and they go for walks, and Why they are up for adoption for the Christmas season. I was just like, this just seems so tame. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of things that are less than tame, have you ever heard of Mariah Carey? Yes, in celebration of 25 years of Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas and the single All I Want for Christmas is You, we are offering you a chance to win the ultimate holiday gift, and it doesn't matter. If you've been naughty or if you've been nice, you can win a trip to Las Vegas to see Mariah Carey at the Coliseum inside Caesars Palace in February. You're going to win a trip for two with airfare and hotel accommodations, two tickets to Mariah Carey's Las Vegas show called The Butterfly Returns, plus two backstage passes to meet the one, the only, 
Mariah Carey. Go to WeAreChannelQ.com right now for your chance to win. That's WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to enter to win these amazing tickets. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about black men getting into yoga and maybe and whether I'll be you're going to do it them. or not. Yeah, that's up next. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Uh, we are jumping into a conversation. Um, I that we've already been, kind of started. I know, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm like we're we're excited about this. So there's this this piece that I saw that was written in NBC News that was talking about how more black men are embracing yoga to ease emotional stress. Coming from NBC News, talking about you know kind of like this growing phenomenon, and I was saying to you all like I have a friend who is like the first black yogi I ever knew, and then like I know so many other black men now that are in it, and it's so interesting to me because it's not something that I've kind of thought of being associated with black guys. And so I've been kind of interested in kind of starting it. And then I saw this piece. And so then I thought to myself, I um, wanted to try it. And, but I wanted to talk about what's like unique and different about um, being black and doing yoga and why, why does it matter um, when, when considering race? And so I brought in a friend of mine named Yolo Akili. Welcome, Yolo. Thank you. He is the executive director of um, BEAM, which is the Black Emotional and Mental uh, Health Collective. Um, shout out to acronyms. And, <laughs> yeah, um, I was like B-E-A-M. Great job. If it's more than four letters, I'm like, I'm out. I just trust you. I don't know. <laughs> and so um, I wanted to talk with you about, like, why does it matter uh, when it comes to yoga? Uh, why does race and, race and ethnicity and gender have anything to do with, like, being safe in a yoga space? Yes, yeah, so much. So first of all, thank you for having me on and having the opportunity to have this conversation. Um, the first thing I think is really critical when we talk about yoga, and I always try to bring this in with reverence, is that acknowledging that in the West, we tend to think of, of yoga as being very, like, about white privileged women who have the opportunity to kind of like spend two hours a day on a mat, right? Right. But really recognizing and honoring that this is a tradition that comes from like brown people in the south, in like in what we call Southeast Asian India, mm-hmm. right? And that it's like fifth, fifth, from the fifth and sixth century, like a long tradition of practices, spiritual understandings that um, come from that culture. And I think that sometimes we don't hold that very well here in the West. We tend to like kind of like um, um, erase Indian culture when it comes to talking about yoga. No, I yeah, it's interesting because I actually just traveled to India and I took a yoga class there and. Um, it was just really interesting to see how different it was from what I've experienced in in America because mm-hmm. I was like, wow, it's really been like whitewashed and changed yep. um, and seeing the roots of how it started, yes. um, which don't come from wealth, right. you know, and mm-hmm. to see what's happened to it now is really, really interesting and really strange. And just think of where yoga studios are geographically mm-hmm. and what communities that they're in. Um, and so how did you get started in it and where did your passion begin? Yeah, it was so interesting. Um, so I was undergraduate, women's studies and African-American studies major, much to my parents, um, like dissatisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> but um, through communities, I started hearing more and more about yoga and I had the privilege to go to Yoga of India which is a school in Sandy Springs, Georgia outside of um, Atlanta and that school was actually um, taught by you know folks who were Indian right? so I had a privilege and opportunity to get the cultural components of it and have those conversations and discussions which a lot of people don't right? You know, and so like what really kind of pulled me to it is that I heard so much about healing and wellness but nobody ever really kind of talked about it in terms of your body right so like, um, and like particularly with black folks or people of color and I think all people actually there's this thing called somaticization right and when they talk about 
about somaticization. We're talking about the ways in which pain can be stored in our bodies and like in, in, in like show up in physical ailments and pain. Mm. So like for example, a lot of us might have elders in our families who have had the experience where they go to the doctor and their shoulders always hurting or their stomachs hurting, and the doctor's like, "There's nothing physiologically wrong with you, right?" right? And then like sometimes when you work when you talk about yoga and somatics practice, what they find out is that oh, well, my shoulder always hurts when it rains because that reminds me of the time um, my sister died in a car accident. Oh, it's something like right. triggering. It's, it's a triggering something, right? Yeah, that trauma can actually be stored in parts exactly. of the body. Yeah. There's a great book wow. called The Body Keeps the Score which talks about this, the ways in which trauma and pain can be stored in the body and show up in physiological symptoms, right? So we talk about yoga as a healing practice. While talk therapy can be so powerful and needed, there's a there's this thing about saying, how do I reconnect with my body and be present with my body and like, you know, and feel the ways in which I'm carrying all these things and move through that, right? And I think about that so much for people who are women, who are queer folks, who are trans folks, where we are taught to be so disembodied from ourselves, taught that our bodies are not our own mm -hmm. for black men, for black folks as well, Latino folks. And so there's something about the really beautiful restorative practice of spending time reconnecting and paying attention to the messages my body is trying to tell me, like, you know, like really reconnecting to that through the asanas, what the people call poses or postures, right? And so like just really reconnect and moving through emotions. And people will talk about starting their yoga practice and saying like, you know, I didn't realize how much I had stored in my heart here or mm. my chest here or my shoulders. So much Right, and hurt. how someone can even do one pose and start crying. Yes, yeah. start absolutely. Holding that pose. So we, we're going to take a break here in just a moment, but when we come back, I would love for you to kind of explain, because when you were coming in, you were saying like, and when you were going through yoga training, like you'd be the black guy mm -hmm. in the room mm -hmm. and like it'd be a bunch of women and you, sometimes being the only man yes. and the only person of color. Um, so I'd love for you to talk about that and kind of why you feel like there might be some unique um, specialness for um, having like your own spaces uh, for black and brown folks to be able to practice yoga. And I'd um, like you to convince Jarrett to start yoga. Okay, I, we're going to get him. I think I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, we'll take a quick break. You're listening to the new Channel Q on the radio and radio.com. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject is back. We are in the middle of a conversation about yoga. There was a piece that came out um, in NBC News talking about how more black men are beginning to embrace yoga. And I... I've been thinking about it a good amount because I have plenty of friends who are doing yoga and I'm just trying to, you know, every year you're trying to think of how you can be better next year. And so um, I brought in a friend of mine named Yolo Akili, who's here. Um, he is the executive director of the of BEAM, the Black Emotional and Mental Health Collective, and talking about your experience as a yogi and um, and really kind of getting into like why yoga is challenging and that how yoga is for everyone. And it's not just like a, a rich white woman's kind of uh, thing. That's not where, what yoga is. Yes, yes. So talk to me about why you say yoga is for everyone. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think that like when we, first it's important to say that when we talk about yoga, people think it's just about postures and like, you know, but actually yoga has eight branches, right? And there's different pieces to it. Like, so it's a, it's a, it's a life philosophy, like a particular like, way to structure your life. So there's like meditation, there's breathing, there's like also like, you know, kindness and amhisa, I'm, I'm different practices. So there's different aspects of what yoga is. So not just like, it's not just about like getting on a mat, right? Mm -hmm. That's really important to note. So, um, but when we talk about like, so we talk about engaging the broader discipline of yoga, there's just so many different benefits to it, right? Like, so there's all this research and literature that shows the ways in which it alleviates depression and anxiety, right? It can help people cope as a coping strategy. But also, like, in terms of, like, you know, our very... Um 
our world where there's a multiple many things going on has been proven to shine and kind of improve concentration and focus which mm. is really important too right and so um, those are like critical pieces why it's for everyone even though in our culture we kind of see it as something that's like you know only for the privileged folks to access right um, so I just really want to hold that piece and yeah. like you know like that all of us can benefit from being connected and present with our bodies from listening to the messages that our bodies are sending us um, so much of my work in like mental health and wellness there are so many folks who come to us and like there are things I, I believe that like your emotions your feelings your body are sending you messages about what you need to be like or about, or about certain things are being awakened within your or triggered in your life that are kind of giving you an opportunity to go into a deeper healing mm. and so I think that yoga is one of those things that can help us be, be more mindful of that and be attentive to that because a lot of us are just very cerebral we're just in our head all day mm. so some people are like oh my back has been aching for a week but I didn't even pay much attention I was like wow so like we're disconnected from our bodies right and if we've been like survivors of harm like you know particularly as many women queer folks and trans folks in this community world have we can be even more disconnected from our bodies right because it hurt when like maybe I got assaulted maybe I got like maybe there was violence that happened and so that made me more disconnected from my body and what's happening in my body mm. which can have long term impact on like stress um, hypertension all these different pieces right so I'm curious when you were talking about going through your studies of le- like learning practices of yoga mm-hmm. you were saying that you were the black guy yeah you were the guy I was the black guy yoga of India Sandy Spring shout out to y'all um, shout out to Lalana who was like my um, the, one of the white women who was like my road dog we were like starting stuff all the time but um, <laughs> um, when I went there it was in 2007 and um, I was the only black person there and I got a scholarship from the Audre Lorde scholarship to actually complete my training right and so it was a really powerful training um, like you know it, was, it took me two years to actually complete it like you know different courses and facilitation etc but um, I always jokingly say that like if you look at my picture from the class from the, from the annual pictures it's like me and all these like older white women I'm like what's up <laughs> and it's like you know and it was like could just was, picture the sandals yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the sandals, flowy pants exactly flowy pants uh, with all the tribal crap on yeah, them yeah you know like appropriation of culture you know I might have had a flowy pants on I'm going to full accountability everyone full has accountability. to you gotta, you gotta do flowy um, pants they're so comfortable responsibility right. not always been no I'm just kidding um, but yeah it was in that time and it was very odd for me not only as a black person to be there but for me as a man to be there right well, yeah it's, so, it's, I mean I, I know when I did yoga and you know I don't really do it that much anymore but I would there would always be one guy mm-hmm. like you know whether it was a white guy or a person of color but it was always like one dude in the back and they would kind of be like it would feel weird especially I don't know if it was like an older white guy who seemed kind of like shifty yeah I was like what are you doing in the back of the but then I, I wonder if you like do you look at that same school now and I wonder are there more men and more people of color there now versus in 2007 definitely more people of color I do know that but like I don't know about men if men have grown into the f- discipline and it's been interesting because um, I think a part of the reason that like you know we live in a culture that where men are taught to kind of emotionally castrate themselves right are people who are socialized as men are even masculine are taught to do that to perform that and so what that does is it kind of creates this kind of w- way of being that says that um, I don't need to be in touch with those parts of myself and those parts of myself are not necessarily as valuable as my need to perform power and privilege and money in the world. Right. right. So like I can bench press. Right. To, to get all ripped yeah. in my body, but I don't. But connecting to my body and and having proper flow through my body mm-hmm. is uh, is too feminine yeah, exactly. for something. Or being connected like to my feelings, like those aren't things that like we've historically been connected to, especially as black men in this country, right? Like you know, we receive a lot of messages as black men and men of color that like we those are those are those are things that can make us susceptible to violence or make us weak or make us un, more undesirable, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really beautiful what so many organizations across the country, including Beam, have been doing is to really like show that like yoga 
movie is for everybody. They're like, you know, and but, but I think we need to see ourselves kind of represented there. And I've heard this not only for black folks, but also people who are like, um, who are bigger in their body, like, you know, are disabled folks, mm. you know, like say, they're like, hey, every time I see people doing these poses, it's all about this. And I would like remind them that like, the, uh, the asanas are not necessarily about like perfection. Like, right, it's about, it's about getting into posture, being present with your body, right? So like, some of there are definitely certain postures that I cannot do as a yoga teacher for like over 10 years now, right? Like, yeah. you know, but it's not about that. It's about the other, the other um, branches of yoga, the practices, um, kindness, like breathing, all those in meditation that are also critical as well. So it's not, so even Western culture is kind of making it all about like, oh, look what I can do. I can stand on my head. It's like, okay, that's great. But that's not yoga. Like, you know what I mean? That's actually not what right. yoga is about, you know? Okay, so we only have a couple of minutes left. So I want you to be able to uh, talk about what BEAM is and what you do yeah. with the organization. So BEAM stands for the Black Emotional Mental Health Collective. Um, we've been around since 2016, and we're a national training, movement building, and grant making organization dedicated to the healing, wellness, and liberation of Black and marginalized communities. So we do like three different things. One, we resource what we call healing justice work across the country. Speaking of yoga, um, in Memphis, Tennessee, we support a group of doulas out there. Um, if people who are familiar with doulas, birth workers, doulas, and, and, and they cool. do um, they, they actually do a prenatal yoga retreat for um, women who are expecting for low income women who may not necessarily be able to forward mm. um, seeing a doula are getting prenatal yoga right because we see that as a critical piece we know there's like the maternal um, rates of black women dying and during birth are really high and so we support those work especially those work, high for black women, especially yeah. high for black women and we're seeing like you know 40 50 black women come to those things in memphis tennessee in the rural south right? that's so great so we support and resource those kind of projects we also train folks um anybody who's working in black or um, lgbt communities we train those folks to have a healing justice framework on how to offer peer support and support people in distress what is what does peer support mean so so peer support is like essentially saying, I'm not a mental health clinician, but how do I be able to support you in, when you're in a state of distress or crisis from a mental health dis- a situation, right? Gotcha. And so that's when we say we're doing peer support work. So we give them like, when we say healing justice, we're talking about healing justice being the, the acknowledgement that in order for me to heal, it's not just about this individual piece, it's also about a collective, but it's also about talking about how sexism has shaped me, how misogyny has shaped me, transphobia, homophobia, all those things are health, uh, um, impact our health and wellness and how we are able to heal. And so when our healing justice work, we incorporate that into our discussions and our dialogue and also hold space for all the unique differences that we all hold along those spectrum. So, YOLO, how can we get Jarrett into a yoga class? Ah, uh, so maybe it's so, not like I'm kicking and screaming. Right. I'm, I'm fascinated, but I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent. Jarrett, sorry, why, Jared, why are you nervous about it? It's not that I'm nervous about it. It's just like I I've only been to one yoga class before, and I accidentally went to like the intermediate class, <laughs> oh, and no. I was like, "You want me to what?" And so I was trying to. I was like having a really difficult time, right. uh, and then I got like an app on my TV, and I was like, oh, "Let me try it." And yeah. I was like sitting there, and like I don't know if I'm doing this right. Right, you so, know. Some suggestions for anybody who's thinking about taking a yoga class, definitely go to a beginner's. <laughs> Place <laughs> to start. Class. Okay. Great tip. Um, some, some tips to know that if you have a good teacher, because not all yoga teachers are the same, right? There are right. some teachers who are maybe not as wonderful as other teachers are as thoughtful um, a good yoga teacher is going to give you different modifications they're not going to mm. tell you that like you need to everybody needs to go in this same position they're going to give you modifications hey if you can't do this with your hands then this is a suggestion about how you can be in this pose and also get the benefits of it right teachers should not be um, it should not be an athletic competition in my right. opinion from the yoga to the, um, pr- the discipline that I've learned it should really be about reconnection with your body and your spirit respect for the culture in which yoga comes from but also honoring where you are so like you know you want a little bit of challenge but you don't want discomfort or pain Gotcha. Right? You know, this should be really important. Okay. 
Um, tell people where they can find out more information about you and about Beam. Yes, so you can find us online at www.beam.community. That's B-E-A-M dot community, so not a dot com. Yes. You can also find us on Instagram at Beam.org as well as on Twitter at Beam.org too. Thank you so much for being here. I really Thank appreciate it. I'm going to I'm gonna sign up for a, a yoga class at my gym. I'm going to go. I was going to say when you asked the question, I was like, maybe if I get some ribs and some banana bread. You know <laughs> what? I get to the yoga class. Hey, now I want to go. You call. don't You'd know You'd be in me. happy baby pose the whole time. We will take a quick break. When we come back, we are jumping into the top three most heartfelt moments this year on Drop the Subject. Uh, yesterday was awkward. Today, it's the heartfelt moments. That's Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. Drop the Subject is back. We have been uh, really celebrating a momentous occasion. Um, the top things of Drop the Subject for the decade. Yeah, the year, um, the decade end lists, the best ofs of Drop the Subject history, which to be is clear, an eight month history. To be clear, we might be about eight months old. That's fine. Mm. But we are looking at some of our top moments of the decade. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Allie. Decade. Uh, of the decade. decade. All right. Um, so, number three, we're doing a top three here of the most heartfelt moments of the decade. And, uh, Allie. there are only three. <laughs> well, exactly right. Um, no, but Talk to us about the first one. Okay, so the first one is our love of candy corn, which is a love that we mutually share. It is. Uh, There are many, many, many people out there, which we've learned, that disagree with us. It's fine that they're wrong. No Unfortunately, that makes their life a little less worth living. At least sad. <laughs> it's definitely a sadder existence. Uh, one of the most emotional and heartwarming moments for us was speaking to the CEO of Jelly Belly. Oh and we got her on the phone. And I will say that even after this phone call, she sent us a very sweet letter and a crap load of candy corn. Yeah, she did. So number three on the list yes, is our is. interview. Part of what was so uh, crazy about it to me was like one of my first jobs was working at the Jelly Belly Factory. Oh, that's right. And I worked in the chocolate confections department. And so like... You packed fudge. Yeah, I did pack fudge. I was a fudge packer. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, it was kind of full circle to have like the CEO of Jelly Belly <laughs> On this show, like it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Here's how that went. Uh, you know, the CEO of Jelly Belly that we're talking to right now. Would you be interested in, in being in a fit, in working with us on this festival? Well, that sounds very fun. Okay. You know, it's actual na- National Candy Corn Day is coming up on October 30th. You oh my God, is that a stop thing? Stop it, Lisa! That you is stop a thing. it. So the heart, most heart was that she offered to help organize CornCon. And that was an incredible moment to have her really back us up. Really to sign on um, as a sponsor for CornCon. <laughs> yeah. She didn't say that. No. We did. But she kind of sponsored it by sending us a crap load of candy corn. But I didn't know that, that candy corn like had a day. Like, I didn't need, we didn't 30th. either. So yeah, there's a you know, corn con could happen. It was very emotional. She was explaining how her grandfather used to make candy corn and yeah. I mean it was fascinating. She even suggested things that we could do at corn con. So that then, was a wonderful moment. Then in the letter she was like, We're so proud that one of our former jelly belly I saved the letter. It's still sitting at home. I was <laughs> Is like, it framed? No, Tell me not, it's framed. Not yet, but it is. It's gonna be framed. <laughs> I've ordered the frame. I was just like, yeah, it was very, very cool uh, to be able to do that. Okay. Number two on our list is Christine Coleman. If you remember, Christine is a, a trans Latina woman who had written us at Channel Q a letter saying like she was on hard times and she was trying to um, get some support. And so we'd had her on the show and we talked to her before and then we brought her back in. So the first time we ever talked to her was on the phone uh, on the show. 
I've been through a lot lately. And like I, when I reached out to um, you guys via email, I was reaching out high and low to all kinds of organizations and people within the LGBT plus community for someone who would hear me. And you guys really um, actually seemed to listen. And you, you guys gave me so much information and referred me to a lot of helpful places. So I appreciate that. So that was the first time that we talked to her. Um, and I was just happy, like, at the very least, she was heard and was able to get connected to some resources. And then and we then were able to secure the, pot- the pasta pass. Well, first of all, you have a, a storied pass with the pasta pass. <laughs> I do. And we're really excited about it. Yes. Well, I'm, I've secured a pasta pass before, but these sell out within seconds. I mean, it's really difficult to get a hold of them. That actually might need to go on one of our best off shows. It was a it was a moment. All of oh. us with laptops open, oh, ready to go. At least four or five monitors being yes. like, okay, I'm in the waiting room. And I mean, it's a crazy experience. And then you also could opt in to get a $500 lifetime pasta pass, right. if you recall. We did not win that, but that's okay. We were able to get the pasta pass, and I was able to secure it in Christine's name. Then we were able to bring her in studio and present her with the pasta pass, which was very heartwarming, and here's what that sounded like. I was so happy to get this in the mail. It arrived this week. It is the never-ending pasta pass. I am unveiling the box now. It's got your name on it. (laughs) Thank you. And it's got a little card in here that'll explain the rules. So name and everything. (laughs) Yes, it's got your name on it. She was just incredibly grateful and warm and just had such a sweet spirit. And uh, I texted with her a little bit earlier today just to kind of check in with her. She says, you know, things are going all right. She's um, living with her mom and and um, working on being able to move out and saving up some money. So oh, she's, I'm really she's glad that she's still pulling through a little yeah, bit. You know? Yeah, because things are, were really difficult for her. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, we come to our number one. Oh, my God. Okay. So you guys remember Lil Nas X's song, Old Town Road, that was all over everything. Um, we found this woman on Twitter named Shaletta Brundage who had DM'd me and was like, hey, did you see this tweet of my son? Would you mind sharing it? And oh, I didn't realize that's how it started. Yeah, and so no. I'd, I'd retweeted it and it, it, it grew a lot. And so she um, she was saying in the video, her son was autistic and nonverbal. And so the fact that he had started singing the lyrics to this song was the first time he'd ever like spoken. spoken. Right. Right. And it was crazy to her. And like, she's like, I recorded a few seconds of it. And then I just threw the phone down because I wanted to experience it. Uh, And so this was uh, our talk with her. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping other autism moms and dads Mm. in the struggle. Thank you so much, Shaletta. It really warms our hearts so much to hear that, to hear that something that we are doing and, you know, talking to you and covering this story in the way that we are. And, you know, Jarrett was very passionate about bringing this story to the air. And I thank Jarrett for that. And I'm just very happy that we've that we've helped people. And that's kind of why we do what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. I can't talk right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Thank you for sharing your story with us. And uh, we're going to take a commercial break because <laughs> I'm losing it over here. Because so. Jared is verklempt. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, keep us posted on Yeah, you on keep Dang us updated too. You have to keep Lil Nas X updated and us. <laughs> All right. And when Billy Ray Cyrus calls, I'm going to let y'all know that. Okay, too. sounds good. Yeah. We'll have everybody right, be one big guys. happy family on the air. <laughs> 
So what she had said there was that other people had heard her story on the radio and had contacted her saying that they were using autism. I mean, they were using music to help their children with autism. And she was just really grateful that they'd had the time to to come on and share their story. Um, I did uh, email with Shaletta just a few minutes ago. Actually, she just responded saying, um, wow, so excited that we're, <laughs> she was a part of the list. She says it's so kind. Daniel's doing great. He's still making he's progress. He's doing a one man show. Exactly. Well, <laughs> almost. She says he's still making progress. And that's a great thing. He's reading on a fourth grade level. Oh, my God. Doing math, drawing all over everything in the house, including <laughs> the walls, and loves Lil Nas X's new song, Panini. She says he played his first game of skee-ball at Dave & Buster's, and there's a video attached. She says we are currently writing a children's book no called way. Daniel Finds His Voice on Old Town Road to talk about how music helped him learn to talk and communicate. It's been such a blessing. Are you crying again? No. <laughs> It's been such a blessing, right. and you all played a major part in that. Um, so Save excited. this one for next year. <laughs> oh, my God, right? Like, such a great story. We're way over time. we got to yep. take a quick break. More coming up after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. That was uh, the Queen of Christmas with the biggest song in the history of Christmas ever, Mariah Carey. And... If you're a fan, if you've ever wanted to go see her perform live or wanted to meet her, you've got the shot at doing that right now. Go to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win a trip for two, including round trip airfare, hotel accommodations, and two tickets to Mariah Carey's Las Vegas show, The Butterfly Returns. And that includes two backstage passes to meet the lamb herself. So go to wearechannelq.com for more information. It's wearechannelq.com for more. So... I want to get into a couple of headlines. We didn't have time for a full-on news it or lose it because we had an interview. We had a lot going on. There's so countdowns. much going on today. Exactly. But there are a couple of really important stories that I think we should get to. This morning uh, in Rhode Island, um, this headline coming from CNN says, resident at an elderly uh, apartment complex in Rhode Island shot three people before killing himself, according to police. He was a 66-year-old man that was living in- Wow, 66? 66. I know, that's, that's surprising. surprising right? Living in a senior living uh, apartment complex Whoa. in Westerly, Rhode Island, shot two employees, one fatally and one uh, other resident before apparently killing himself. Police received calls just after 10.30 a.m. about this shooting um, at Babcock Village Apartments, a three-story affordable housing complex for elderly and disabled people uh, hmm. in the beachside town. That is such uh, a young age to be in a senior living facility. I wonder... 66? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. Like, the, when I yeah. think of a senior living facility, I think of people that are in their 70s and 80s and 90s that need assisted living. And I wonder I why he that. would right, need yeah. assistant living at 66, which there's is so one many, year after retirement. There's so many unusual parts of it that he's a 66-year-old man that right. he's living at the senior facility and that he shot up a senior facility. Yeah, it's kind of an, an interesting element Yeah, I just it. wonder, like, why he was in there, if it was dementia or if it was, like, early onset a condition, you know what I mean, that could make him not in his right mind, or if he was in his right mind and he was just... The only other interesting pack, uh, information that we have about um, the man, um, the police apparently said that they were familiar with the suspect, though they did not go into further detail with what that meant. They hmm. say, we have just dealt with him in the past. Um, so they don't really give a whole lot more information. But there's a history there, it sounds Apparently like. so, yeah. Okay, moving on really quickly. Yesterday, in what would have been the biggest headline of the day, um, if you know this little thing about Donald Trump getting impeached yesterday hadn't been a headline, uh, another CNN headline says, Appeals Court says Obamacare individual mandate unconstitutional and sends law back to the lower court. There's always been a lot of debate in this country about health care and Obamacare being part of that. Um, according to the article, a federal appeals court has found that 
the Affordable Care Act's individual mandate, basically saying that you have to have the health care or you will be fined um, yes. via your taxes. Um, that that's I recall that. Oh, they're saying that's unconstitutional? Yeah, they say that um, the 2-1 decision um, by the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals likely pushes any Supreme Court action on Obamacare until after the 2020 election, but again, thrusts the issue of health care into the forefront of the campaign, reminding you that tonight there's a presidential debate. They will almost certainly be talking about this because there will not be a decision made on this before the election. So there'll be something that the next president and the next Congress and the the sitting Supreme Court will have to deal with. Fascinating. Well, they're going to have a, a plethora of questions to dive into and Absolutely. of course 75 seconds to answer all of those heated <laughs> exactly. questions it's sort of like a beauty pageant I think isn't it's it? 78 questions because uh, we only have seven, seven people on stage oh, man. Uh, we gotta take a break when we come back we've got another update we've got happy endings and then we're out of here that's up next drop the subject the new channel Q well ladies and gentlemen it is that time we have I know you're sad I, I know you're sad I know it's okay it's okay hey hey shh, hey shh, look shh, at me shh. look at me come here let We're me brush all on your the hair. same team, buddy. Come on, champ. I want. Can I want me pick you up? Hey, hey, mm. it's all right. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. I don't know either. <laughs> Chris Contreras is out there listening. Like, what are you guys? What is? is what am like? I listening to? Um, it is just about that time. We have talked about impeachment that happened yesterday. We talked about the presidential debate that's happening today. We talked about that masked singer finale. <laughs> that. I was right about all three. You actually, I'm actually very impressed yeah. because we had notebooks. I wait. Did not, you guys not get any of them though? Uh, no, I got. I we eventually narrowed down Wayne Brady and uh, and what's her name, and, Adrian Bailon. Yes, but it was only after they had suggested it. It wasn't like gotcha. I was like, that's definitely Adrian Bailon. Like, yeah. the, it was because of the judges' influence. It wasn't. Like, if you had pinpointed them just from their voices, then yeah. then that's amazing. Well, I got those three just on their voices, but, like, some of those other people I'd never even heard of. Like, the basketball player person, like, I don't know. Oh, who well, was. yeah, who's heard? Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. I mean, we're at a gay radio station. Let's <laughs> find somebody who's heard of him. Your point is taken. Um, so, we reminded you that the presidential debates are coming up later today. We had a gay, gay cray-cray that turned out to be some gay animals, which was <laughs> not fair. They weren't straight, gay. They were no, straight, straight animals. animals. Sorry, they were straight animals. <laughs> but we're, I'm sure all animals are bike here. We're also, we got a green light on a new movie that we're doing for ne- uh, for Lifetime called um, While You Were Sleeping with Someone of the Same Sex, um, a Christmas rom-com. Mm-hmm. And I believe the trailer is coming out, you know, with Lifetime speed, this should probably be out and, uh, and, and on your Before TV in the next set. hour. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and we did get a cup, uh, one last submission of, you know, because we, that that was birthed uh, from our Make a Christmas Movie Gay segment. I got something like Mary Poppers or something. Mary like. Poppers was an amazing <laughs> late which is not a Christmas movie but I don't care yeah it works and uh, and Ken Smith on Twitter uh, at the last minute uh, coming in hot with Rudolph's red hanky romance oh <laughs> which, nice which is, uh, Rudolph fant- listen Rudolph needs to get his too I would I'm watch the claymation it. version I mm, <laughs> let me see the trailer we'll see uh, but um now it is time for the happy ending And a, and a real protest, actually. Um, so we're going to get to hers in a moment because hers has, has gotten very well produced at this point. Um, Allie, what's your happy ending? Here's my happy ending, Jarrett. Sure, it might cost $1,000 a month to live in a pod with nothing but a desk lamp and a USB port. 
Some people, like myself, would compare that to prison life. But with all the celebrities going to prison, we can pretty much say that we are living a celebrity lifestyle. Well, a point well taken. So that's kind of a plus, is that even if we are living in pods, we're living the same life that celebrities and government officials are living. Yeah. I, I, you're not wrong, actually. Yeah. Um, we, we're really getting quite fanciful yeah. with our meager living, I guess. I don't <laughs> well, know. I mean, the, the celebrities and the government officials are all in jail, and they are in the same conditions as we are, basically. Lori Laughlin will be living in a pod sometime. She'd be, she'd be looking at this and thankful for this yes, pod. She like, she'd be envious of this I pod. I still cannot believe that costs $1,000 a month to live in. That <laughs> is mean, absurd. I um, would hope that the people who live in the pod agree with you. Even if it's in Venice Beach. Like, okay. Um, hey. What you got? I live in Venice Beach. No, I'm saying Venice Beach is nice, but like $1,000 to live in a pod with 30 people? Gross. That's crazy. Would you still live in Venice Beach, Emmy, if you were living in a pod with 33 other people? No. Emmy's like, <laughs> Emmy's like I wouldn't live in Beverly Hills in a pod. Like, I in would Bel-Air. not. I would not. All, All right, well, Emmy. I, I'm giving the people what they want. All this time you were so much for my so we got a message from Cam Wagon on on uh, Instagram who said, I have the best idea ever. When Emmy refuses to do a happy ending, have the sound clip of Avril Lavigne singing so much for my happy ending, and then she can say whatever sour Gen Z take she has to share. I so, think this is hilarious. So do you have a hot I think take? it's hilarious, too. First of all, I'm a millennial, but... Um, Thanks, I guess. He, people he, are supposed to be flattered that they're, I guess, look the, younger the, the or people look or sound younger. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Whatever. And it's not that I'm sour about life. I'm just not good at this. It's like throughout the show, like I'm cutting up segments, you are getting busy. ready for stuff. So Since it's like, Ginger Justin got fired, you're, you have a lot more work to do now. Yeah, but yeah. my happy ending is that now people know my name. I'm not just not Ginger Justin. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's a great happy ending, Emmy. So, that, that worked so out well for you. You guy from the internet. <laughs> guy from the internet. What was his name? Exactly. Cam wagon. But I also Cam think wagon. thank you, guy from the internet, is a great new segment. Thank you. Thank you, I guy appreciate from it. the internet. I, I think that should be our our feedback segment. We'll call it "Thank you, guy from the internet." Thank you, guy from the internet. <laughs> or gender non-specific person <laughs> from the internet. Um. Okay. So. What's your happy ending? To be clear, I know what this is going to sound like, but it feels very appropriate for right now. Donald Trump may still be president. Okay. But look at the bright side. His ass did get impeached yesterday. Very true. Yes. At the very least, we got that. So when Jarrett doesn't have a happy ending, should we also be playing the Avril Lavigne? <laughs> <laughs> so much for my happy ending. All right. That's a great way for us to say goodbye. Have a great day out there. Um, We hope the holiday season is treating you quite well and um, that you're being safe out there. Be kind. Be sweet to one another. Um, Look out for our our Lifetime movie that's coming up uh, uh, while you were sleeping with someone of of the same sex. Opposite sex. Uh, That's every other movie. Absolutely not that. Um, We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great one.